Well, welcome to Gardening Talk back on a Monday afternoon. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. As per usual, Scott, great to see you once again. Good to see you as well. It's uh, four seasons in one day you're going out there today. It's a, it is a bit. Yeah. It's funny days of late. I don't know what the plants must be thinking. They must be confused. I don't know, and it's cool at night. Yes, yes. They'll be, they'll be off to therapy the way the plants are going at the moment with the weather. It's not good to be lying back on a couch. Yeah, they'll be coming to see me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for us today, Scott? I thought we might talk about some uh, different hedging plants out there because I was driving around this morning and saw a couple of unusual ones that people were using. Uh, cucumbers, uh, pruning your tomatoes at the moment, and roses are looking spectacular at the moment. What to do to keep them looking good? Very good. So a little bit of everything. Yeah, dip in the uh, sort of the uh, hummus and the tatsiki, everything we're going to go for today. <laughs> and we've got Jan from Macquarie Hills. And Scott, she's got a question about raised garden beds. Hey Jan, how can we help you? Um, I just wanted to know about putting one on, a, I think it's Kikuyu lawn. Um, how can you stop that from coming up through the garden? So how high is the tallest raised garden bed you're going to be putting on uh, there? I think it's about, oh goodness, uh, 15 inches, 16 inches. I can't, don't know how much they are in centimetres. Okay, so that's not really very tall then, is it? No, no, no. So that's just, look, you're saying a bit over a foot, really. Yes. Yes, yes. okay. So that's not very high at all. Uh, look, what you could do is you could just get some uh, old newspapers, some really thick old newspapers, and just put those down uh, underneath. And uh, the reason for that is that will just actually smother the grass in the area, and then you could oh. actually cut it to shape as well once you put the garden bed on top of it. Uh, look, the other thing you could do is you could get some glyphosate and spray that. But look, really, the old newspapers are, are just going to work a treat for you. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the the water will still soak down through that. So you won't clog up the raised garden bed and make it soggy or anything like that. Oh, good. So that it won't grow, the grass won't grow up through it. No, no. If you put some real... I mean, newspaper is a, is a really effective way of stopping weeds coming through. And uh, oh, over time, it does break down. Uh, look, it depends which newspaper you like to read. You know, maybe if you've got the telly on there, you might not, you know, like something on that. So go for the Sydney Morning Herald or the, the you know, the Newcastle Herald. But all will be well with that. And you just put it really, really thick. Uh, I'm just, you know, with my fingers here, maybe about, oh, you know, a, a centimetre or so uh, of newspaper. And that will stop anything growing back through that. Oh, thank you very yeah, much, it'll, Scott. It'll kill all the lawn and everything in underneath it as well. Just smothers Good. it from the light and moisture. Oh, good. Thank okay. you very much, Scott. Not Thank a problem, you. Jan. Thank you. Bye. Jan, we've got Joan now from Jasmine. She's got a question about the Daphne shrub. Yes. Joan, how can we help you? Oh, is that Scott? Yes, it is. Oh, well, good morning. No, good afternoon. It is, it is now. Time flies with us. <laughs> um, I've got a sick Daphne in a pot. Okay. It was doing beautifully and, you know, all new leaves and everything. And now it's gone very droopy. I personally, I had one years ago. Um, I'm pretty elderly now, but um, I've got a feeling that they don't like wet feet and maybe I got it too wet. Would that be the reason? Yeah, look, they, look. firstly, we think you sound very, very sprightly there, Joan. You don't sound elderly at all. Um, <laughs> well, I can assure you I am. <laughs> well, no, it doesn't come over that way on the phone. Oh, good. Oh, that's nice. Uh, so uh, we, Daphne are very, very touchy and finicky plants, especially up yeah, here in Newcastle, and that's mainly because of the humidity we get. Uh, look, that said... Um, you know, it hasn't really been that humid um, lately. So for your plant to be getting sick, there must be some other reason. Uh, look... Well, that's what I wondered. The other thing that's happened, mm. um, as I say, I'll just tell you about what I worked out first. I've been in and out of hospital, 
and I think everybody got a bit carried away. It's been a fairly big pot, but I think everyone gave it too much water. And I realised that the pot was sort of saturated, and I've asked my son to bring some, you know, little feet to put under it, which he should be here in the next couple of days. So I let it dry right out, uh-huh. and then all I've done is give it a little bit of sea salt, but it's dropping its leaves, and it's looking very droopy. And I thought, oh, and the other thing is, a couple of the leaves have got gone black just on the, the tip of them. Right. Okay. Look, that that that, that I, I can't really tell exactly about the blackening, but yes. Look, you you are right as far as them uh, not liking wet feet, and so you can overwater them. Uh, look, I'd steer clear of any fertilizer at this time because the plant's going to be a little bit stressed at the moment and it can't process any fertilizer. So I would no. just I would just go back to watering the plant as you normally were prior to going into hospital. And keeping putting little feet under the pot's a good idea, isn't yes, it? For drainage. Most definitely. Now, is that just a single hole in the middle of that pot, or are there a number of yes, holes? Yes. No, no. It's, I think it's a single one from memory. Okay. So, look, the other thing you might get your son to do when he turns up with those feet is just tip the pot on its side and just get a, a stick of some sort, you know, a bamboo stake or something, and just sort of shove it up the hole um, down the bottom of the pot. And that, yeah. And because often they can get blocked as well, and usually just shoving, you know, a stick up there opens it up and water can pour out if it has been getting, um, you know, a, a little bit uh, soggy in there. But that would just open yeah. it up and allow it to drain a little bit better. Okay. And is uh, sea salt all right to get a little bit of that? Yeah, look, sea salt, I, I'd steer clear of it at the moment. But again, sea salt is really right. only a sort of a tonic for the root system of the plant. So, uh, yeah. you know, you'd need something more all round. But certainly sea salt in the long term doesn't hurt. But at the moment, uh, steer clear because your plant's not very happy. And, uh, and look, I think it really, unfortunately, it's just a, a bit of a wait and see for you. Luckily, it's not humid at the moment. Uh, no. So, and oh, I'd have, I'll cry if I lose it because I had one years ago and it's just such a beautiful I love the perfume oh, of it, it, it. It really is spectacular. It, and and it sounds like you've done so well to get it, uh, you know, keep it going for as long as you have. Oh, well, I've had it now for about six months and it was just doing so well. And then, as I say, I think it got too many drinks. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's it's um, very droopy, and I don't want to lose it. No, no. Look, look, look. You should have some luck with it, and you'd be crankier with them if they hadn't watered it at all. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I told them that. I said, but leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were doing thought they were doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Bit of bit of kindness <laughs> there. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much, I'll... Sprightly Joan, and you have a nice afternoon. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Talk to you again sometime. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we've got Bev now from Toronto, and she's looking for advice about repotting ferns and grinning up leaves on the umbrella tree. Hello, Bev. Tell us what's wrong. Well, I've got a, a few leather ferns, and I do like to use them in floral work, um, and they look nice in the garden, but they're sort of a bit scraggy and overgrown the pot, I think. So, And another great big fern, it's a huge thing. I don't know the name of it. But um, would it be right to cut them right back and then take them out and halve them and put them in other pots? Yes, you can certainly do that with uh, with ferns. Usually, uh, you know, ferns grow from, uh, what would you call it, a rhizome, sort of like a bulb in under the ground. Uh, so with ferns, you can certainly do that. Um, yeah, look, leather ferns, they're not a native to Australia. They're actually from uh, North America, really. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's fine to actually split those, give them a cutback if you want to, and you'll find they'll come back nice and fresh for you. Oh, good. Yeah. And uh, the other one was... Um, 
uh, I've got par, uh, well, well, golden palms too. The, they need to be greened up. Mm-hmm. The leaves are sort of yellowy and doesn't look good. I've been putting a little bit of fish oil on, but it just says to use two mils to what strength. I don't say on the label. So what else can I do to golden, you know, put the make the leaves green on the golden palm and also the umbrella trees, which are in pots. Yeah, and look, the other thing you can use this on uh, will be your ferns as well because you want nice leafy growth, green leafy growth coming out of those too. So, look, I'm going to recommend a liquid fertiliser. It's called Flourish uh, Green and Growth, and it's a high nitrogen fertiliser. And the reason I recommend that is, A, that it's a liquid fertiliser, so your plant gets the immediate benefit of it. You know, within a couple of days, it's absorbed much quicker. And uh, it is high in nitrogen, so it's going to go to feed those sort of plants and uh, just green up the leaves generally for you. Good. So do you spray it on the whole plant or just around the root system? Yeah, look, you can do both. You can actually sort of water it over the plant if you want to as a foliar spray, and it will be absorbed in there somewhat. Uh, but mostly it is absorbed uh, through the root system. So just mix it up in the watering can and just water it you know, generously down into the, into the pot. Uh, look, you can use that every week if you want to. Oh, thank you so much. That's that, a big help. That is not a problem. Good luck with it. Good. Thank you. Bye. Okay, see you, Bev. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thanks, Bev. We've got Dave now from True Maitland, and he needs advice about a sick rose. Hey, Dave. How can we help you? Hi, Scott. How are you? Yeah, very well, mate. Scott, I've got a rose that the leaves are going brown. Um, we, we struggle with it every year. The humidity knocks it around, mm-hmm. but right now it's, it's gone brown and almost see-through. Right. I don't know whether... I, I had a look underneath the, the leaf to see if I could see any bugs on it, but um, I can't see anything. Okay, so it's actually becoming transparent. It hasn't got black spot on it like you'd normally get during the humid months? <laughs> No, there's no black spot on it. We're, we're fairly accustomed to that one. Okay, look, the only thing, it's, it's probably some sort of caterpillar that's hiding away, you know, very nicely in there for you and just stripping the, the leaf from the underside. Look, the only thing you can really do for that is get a pyrethrum spray and yes. uh, just, you know, mist that in around underneath the plant. Try and do it, uh, you know, usually at dusk, at night. Uh, that's when they'll come back out at night. And also, you're not going to affect the bees as well if you're spraying uh, later on in the you know, when the sun's about to go down. Uh, look, you can use Malathon as well. It's a bit sort of heavy-handed, though. So I'd just grab a pyrethrum spray and give that a crack at first, uh, sort of first instance. Okay, thanks, Scott. Okay, not a worry. Good on you, Dave. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, bye-bye. Cheers, thanks, David. And we've got Sharon now from East Maitland, and she's got a question about the trumpet vine. Hello, Sharon. How can we help you? Um, hi. Actually, actually, I've got two questions. I'll ask you the really quick one first, yes. which is about wisteria. Um, you know how in springtime it gets, when it first comes out, it gets masses of just flowers, then yes. all the flowers finish and then it gets its leaf and then through summer it gets, you know, like um, spotted, you know, spotted yeah. flowers yeah, through, the, through summer. Yet. I'm just wondering, do I need, you know, where like all of the spring flowers, when they finish, there are all these little, you know, like, um, you know, yeah. little shoots. Yeah, like Can little I funny fingers, aren't with, they? Yeah. Yeah, 
Can yeah. I cut them off without affecting next season's flowering? Oh, yeah, look, absolutely. And, in fact, okay. wisteria likes a prune back, yeah. uh, you know, usually during, yeah. uh, you know, sometime yeah, yeah. during the year, after, generally after it's finished flowering, because you do get the flowering coming on the new growth. So, yeah. uh, you know, if you give it a prune back later on in the season, you are going to get a much better flowering plant yeah. uh, when yeah. it comes no, back it to just, spring again. I just wasn't sure whether the actual... I don't mean the water shoots, you know, like the, the spindly shoots it gets. I just mean each... It's, it's sort of almost like the little shoot that where all the petals of the flower was, yeah, and then no. they all drop off, and they're all and I thought they look so untidy, and I'll get out there and trim them all off. No, you can you can certainly do that. That won't affect the plant at all. Good, okay. But more more serious problem that yes. myself and my neighbour are dealing with. Okay, we live in an older area of East Maitland, yeah. and so it's got some very old plants in the whole, in the in the suburb itself. Trumpet vine, yes. beautiful big red trumpet vine. Now neither of us are growing it. But, of course, neighbours in the streets, you know, I mean, these places were built, you know, 150 years ago, have got trumpet vines growing. Mm -hmm. Well, we're finding they're coming up into our gardens yeah, and they're yeah. coming up under our house and going around our 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 house, um, um, what do you call them, the bloody things, the, the, the things the house sits on. Oh, yeah, the like the, 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 the piers it's on. The yeah, piers, yeah, yeah. The I'm no builder, but, I, yeah, we've got there. <laughs> I couldn't think of no, it. No, that's all right. Okay. No. Now, I mean, I started off by digging it every time it would come through. I'd get down there and I'd dig it away. And it, I think I've made it worse because it seems like every time I dig it out and cut it out, it's a bit like a, um, um, a crepe myrtle where if you cut through the root, it'll actually, exp it'll actually make more. And that seems to be what's happening. And we've got this massive problem now. We've got this huge huge amount of trumpet vine coming into our gardens all the time. Yeah, so How do we deal with it? <laughs> so it's, it sounds like it is suckering uh, from the mm, roots. Yeah, it's suckering. It's yeah. suckering. So how do we deal with it well, without making the problem worse? Look, the only way to really do that is to use Roundup, unfortunately, and just, you know, selectively when you see it starting to sprout up. Actually, well, I'll tell you what, yeah. I've tried Roundup and it doesn't work. The only mm. one, the only poison I've found that will work is that it's a new zero that they've been advertising. That, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's, know, just, it's, it's a stronger, quick, yeah, it's a stronger yeah. form of Roundup or glyphosate. Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah, what it'll yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. Now that that, but it doesn't stop it. It keeps coming. It keeps coming, and you have to be there. You've got to be on it constantly. Yeah, and look, and that's and the. And so it makes it difficult if it's coming up in the middle of your garden without affecting your own garden. And that's the trouble when you have a plant like that that's uh, suckering everywhere because it's actually coming from below the ground. So yes. it is very difficult to get rid of it. Unfortunately, it is just persistence. And if you can find the original plant and try and, you know, get we rid know. of it. Well, we know where one of the original plants is. It's <laughs> yeah. in another neighbour's yard. But, I mean, what do you it, It's sort of, you know, you've got to be nice neighbours. You can't say, get rid of your garden. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, so, look, unfortunately, that is the only way to get rid of that original plant or just be persistent and try and, you know, keep those suckers right. from popping okay. up. Yeah. Righto. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry I'll to be. be I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad tidings. <laughs> that's all right. I mean, I figured that that's what I've got to do. So it's like every weekend I get out there and with my little spray. Oh, yep. Here you go. Boom, boom, boom. But there's one part where the gar my garden in particular, is so thick that I've got this stuff coming up in the middle, and it's really difficult to um, kill kill the trumpet vine off without affecting the rest of my garden. 
Yeah, and, and look, the other plant that this can often happen with is uh, rubinias. When people cut rubinias down and they oh, don't right. poison the stump, then it will sucker yes. from the roots all around the garden. So if anyone is uh, contemplating cutting down a, yes. a rubinia, uh, make sure you drill that stump and poison it right. properly with tree and black killer. And crepe myrtles do the same thing, don't they? They will. Uh, sapiums, yes. will, you know, those Chinese tallow woods, they'll all do the yes. same thing. So uh, any you know tree like that you're going to cut down, it usually is a good idea, uh, even before you get the stump ground, uh, yeah, to actually poison straight away the and then wait a few weeks and then get the stump grinder to come back and give it a crack then. Yes. But unfortunately for, okay. your, for yours, you can't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks very much. Okay, thanks, Sharon. Have a okay, nice afternoon. Bye. Bye-bye. And we've got Pat from Kurumbong. Hey, Pat, yes, how, how can we help me. you? Yes, how can we help you? <laughs> uh, I've got a... Well, I thought it was one plant, and it's Atarium. I think that's what, what it is. And it's... Um, in a six-inch pot, but I've got three plants and I've got nine flowers on it and it's going gangbusters. And people say to me, oh, I think you should transplant that, you know, and I've had it a couple of years and I've never had a problem with it. So what do I do? Uh, okay, so when you started talking then, I thought you were talking about like the old gaming console, Atari, you know, that was no, around back, I, <laughs> back in the 70s and 80s. I think it's A-R-T-A-R-I-U-M. Okay. A, a waxy sort of a, a plant oh. with a, with a like a lily um, spoke in the centre, you know, like yellow and yellow and a pinky reddy colour. No, I think you've got me there. The only one I, th- I could think of with this, uh, is there a plant called Atarium, which people use in, uh, you know, like in, uh, you know, fish ponds and stuff like that. As, yeah, as a wood- yeah, oh, that, okay. that'd be it. Oh, okay, excellent. So it's a plant that likes a lot of water then? Yes, I, I usually, I've got it near the coffee machine and I just put a little bit of water in every now and again and, and it's quite happy there. Okay, okay. And, um, and I was just wondering if I should leave it alone because it's, it's as healthy as, and I've got nine, nine flowers on it. Well, yeah, look, I guess it's the old, uh, you know, if it's not uh, broke, don't fix it sort of thing. Exactly. So, yeah, so exactly I, I, what I think, but, you know, everyone's saying, oh, you should separate that. Well, look, you can after it's finished flowering if you want to, mm. or if it has come to, you know, out to the edges of the pot and you can see the roots starting to come through the bond because that's when, uh, you know, that plant, and look, and in general, any plant as well, will yeah. start to get uh, a little bit hungry at that time. You know, it's used up all the, the juice, I guess, that's in the potting mix that it's in, yeah. and it, it will need, uh, you know, a repot. Or the other thing you can be doing is just regularly fertilising it. Uh, so mm. you can use uh, Osmocote, uh, you know, one of those little granular. Yeah, I've got those. Yeah, so yeah. just use one of those. And, and you use that, uh, you know, every three months, uh, three to four months, oh, and, right. and it breaks yeah. down over that time. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, we were just talking about uh, flourish, green and growth before as well. Uh, and you can use that on there as well, just as a liquid fertiliser. And you might only use it every month uh, on that particular plant. Right. Well, as I said, it's three, plot, three plants in the one pot, and it's only about a six-inch pot. Yeah, so at some point in time, often when plants are multi-plant, you know, multi-planted in a yeah, pot like that. Yeah, I didn't that, realise. Yeah, they, they do get a little bit, uh, you know, crowded in there and it might be time to, uh, to split mm. them. And generally when you're splitting a plant, uh, you wait till it's finished flowering. Yep. And uh, then you get a nice sharp knife. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you never prise it apart because that's going to do more damage. You always just make nice clean cuts Cut. down through there mm. and then repot it again. Okay, as you can tell, I'm not a gardener. <laughs> oh, no, look, that, that's all right. And you know what? That's why we're here, Greg and I, to help okay, out. Okay, then. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much. Forgot. Okay, not okay, a problem. Bye. See you later, Pat. I think it's more so you than me. Oh, look, I think your knowledge base is it's expanding, expanding.
Oh, it's definitely expanding. Yeah. Considering it started with zero. <laughs> I'd say I'm probably at two. We've got Louise now from Glendale, and she's got a question about a rock orchid. Hello, Louise. Orchid. Hi. Orchid. Oh, <laughs> just, Greg, Greg's just showing his uh, plant knowledge there. Um, I don't know if it's a rock orchid or what, yes. but it's got about four sprays. They're little white flowers, and it's got a beautiful perfume. And it's coming out from the rocks, and it's finished flowering, and I've got these pods on it. Uh, yes, so it, it sounds like you have got a rock, rock orchid of some kind. There, look, there's many different varieties of them, and uh, the reason it's growing there is because you know those sort of orchids don't you know really like being in wet conditions, and they just use their their, their root system to cling onto the rocks. Or you know most orchids use their root system to cling, cling onto the uh, the branches in the rainforest. So, uh, what are you looking to do with it? Just keep it in that area? Or? Well, it's in the area, but it's got these pods. They're mm-hmm. probably about as big as a ten cent piece, and they're just hanging off. They've got a little wee stem. And they're hanging off, and I don't know, would they be the seeds? Yes, look, they're quite possibly the seeds. Look, without seeing it, knowing exactly which variety, but generally, once a plant's finished flowering like that, uh, then you will get that uh, pod coming out, which is the seed, and that's that's common for most plants. So, uh, if you want to try and harvest those seeds, you certainly can. That's what I was thinking. So, yeah. if I just cut them, open them, dry them out if they're dry put them in some orchid mix and they may shoot or they may not shoot? Yes, no, that's exactly what you have to do. Uh, Generally not cut them off. Actually try and let them dry out on the plant a little bit because the plant's actually still feeding the seed and possibly forming it. Uh, you know, within there at the moment. So just keep an eye on it every day. And when you see those uh, pods starting to split themselves, that's when it's time for you to go and uh, do your uh, magic with the scissors and cut them off and off you go with them. Ah, right. And another problem I've got, we've got a nectarine tree we bought years ago. We had one lot of crop, and then after that we got the fruit fly in for years. Mm. Now all they grow is big as 10-cent pieces, and yeah. Right, okay. Look, And that's not necessarily the the fruit fly that's caused that. That might just be... uh, you know, climatic conditions. It can also be that the plant needs a feed as well. Uh, so some cow manure on that, uh, just to sort of feed it up, just to give it, you know, some boost there when the, the uh, fruit's starting to form. Uh, the other thing you have to be careful about uh, with a fungus, you just spray with a fungicide as well when you see the blossoms coming on the plant uh, to try and stop any fungal diseases getting into that fruit. Right. It is in clay soil, Ooh. but we have put a lot of um gypsum and cow manure and all that in there and horse manure and all that but it just seems it the tree has grown it's grown so tall yeah. but the um the fruit is uh the same size so all i do is keep um let all the fruit go on the ground and mow over it all the time yeah, look, and you're better to actually try and uh, collect that fruit because, unfortunately, that will be attracting fruit fly into the area as well. Uh, uh, and look, right. and just do me a favour, steer clear of the horse manure as well because it's high in nitrogen yep. and that'll just, that will be making the plant grow and do all of those wonderful things for you, but it won't necessarily be feeding the fruit. So you'll be getting nice leafy growth on the plant from the horse manure, but uh, really nothing else, nothing else. So just try and uh, steer clear of the horse manure. Okay, thanks very much, Scott. Okay, not a problem. Okay. Okay. Bye now. Good luck with it, Louise. Bye-bye. Okay. It's just good advice in general, isn't it? Stay clear of horse manure. <laughs> yes, that's excellent advice, yes. Steer clear of the uh, the back of horses in general. Apparently they kick. Oh, okay. Yeah. So mm. Talking to someone the other day who uh, got kicked in the in the chest once. Oh. Yes. Is he all right? 
Yeah, a female, yes, and she was fine. Yeah, I think she was oh. a little bit younger, but uh, yeah, still riding horses, so hasn't given up. Oh, good on them. Yeah, I'm more afraid about the front end of them. The front end? Yeah, all those big teeth. I don't trust horses. Well, fair enough. Just stay back a distance. Yeah, I'll just stay a long way. Yeah, like, you know, where there's the track and there's a grandstand? Yep. I'll stay up in the grandstand. Oh, yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> or, near, or near the tote. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are FM. You've got a question for Scott Sharp. You can give us a call on 49216216. And we've got Peter from Rathmines. He's got a question about onions. Oh, no, we don't. There's an alarm there. Something bad's happened at Something's, Peter's place. Something's gone off. <laughs> the onion alarm might have gone off. <laughs> we'll go to Kim now from Charlestown, and she's got, a, hopefully, a question about orange trumpet vines. Hey, Kim, how can we help you? Um, yes, sorry about that lady that got one that doesn't like it, the neighbours, but I've got a beautiful one. But it's that, there's some leaves that have got the light, they've got light green spots. Yes. Is that normal? So it sounds like you've got pyrostesia there, which is orange trumpet vine. Yep. Uh, yeah. Look, if you're getting uh, like light green spots on the leaves of a plant like that, often it can be mite sting. So there's little insect, uh, you know, just in there stinging away and sucking the sap out. And that's why you get those little spots. And orange trumpet vine can get that, a little bit uh, prevalent on, on that. Now, you do need to spray. Uh, now, there's a nice safe one you can use. It's called Eco Oil. Oh, okay. And it's, just, yeah, yeah. It, it's a registered miticide. So that one's called Eco Oil, and you can safely spray that around. Pardon me. It's not going to harm the bees or anything. Oh, okay, Eco Oil. And I'll just do it late in the evening? Uh, you, you or, can do, you know. Yeah, and uh, look, I would do it late in the evening. Uh, I think there's a temperature range on Eco Oil. You can't use it over, uh, I think, 23 or 25 degrees uh, because it can burn the plant. So if you do it later on in the evening, that's a better time to do it. So it is mite. Yes, I, by, the, by the sound of it. Look, just to get a double check, uh, pull some of those off and take them to your uh, local garden centre and they should have a horticulturist there to uh, help you. Okay. And one other question. I've got a flowering gum. Like it's, uh, it's been in, in the ground now probably three years. It's a pale pink one. I've yeah. got a red one not far away and it thrives. It flowers twice a year. It's magnificent. Now, this pale pink one hasn't moved like in two years. Hardly. It's still living. It's just, um, yeah, it's still living, and it's got the um, uh, the leaves are kind of light green. Yeah. Doesn't look that healthy, obviously, because it hasn't moved. <laughs> yeah. Look, all, all I can say to that is to uh, is to fertilise it. Be very careful with uh, native gums. Use uh, because they're uh, you know the natives don't uh, like lots of phosphorus. So I would be using yep. blood and bone around that plant and start feeding it up, and uh, hopefully uh, give it a boost on. Oh, blood and bone. Yeah. Okay. And look, yep. have you, are you in a sort of a clay soil area as yep. well? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I'd, there's also a gypsum or liquid clay breaker that you can get. And oh, be using the yeah. I've clay. used that before. Yep. I've used that when I planted it and I've, I put it on like every couple of months. Yeah. So yeah, keep on yeah. using that and get the blood and bone and give that a crack and see what happens. All right. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank Bye. you very much, Kim. Bye-bye. Bye. We've got Leonie from Heat and Greeter. And Scott, she's got a question about a mandarin tree. Hey, Leonie, how can we help you? Hi, Scott. I've got a small mandarin tree. I'm not sure that it's been in for two or three years. I fertilised it very late in August because I was going away and I, didn't, I wasn't here to see flowering or anything like that, but I know that it's got little tiny beginnings of fruit on it. And I'm just concerned. I'd like to fertilise it again, but I don't want to fertilise it if the fruit's going to fall off. Because I know that that happened to my um, orange tree when I fertilised it at the wrong time. 
a lot of the fruit just fell off. Yeah, look, you're, you're absolutely right there, and that's, it's a common thing uh, with uh, citrus. You know, they are heavy feeders, but as soon as they get the fruit on them, uh, you know, adding fertiliser into the mix uh, can actually stress them out because the plant's having to process all of that fertiliser through it. So once you get, uh, you know, fruit on there, it is important just to keep on watering the plant because it's also trying to absorb up moisture and go into that fruit. Uh, so, look, steer clear of fertiliser once the uh, fruit's set on the plant. So can I fertilise it again at any time or just water it until it fruits? Yeah, water it now until it fruits. Like, look, I guess if you wanted to, you could probably use some blood and bone. It's, it's quite a nice, safe sort of uh, soft fertiliser. But uh, otherwise, uh, with a citrus plant, you know, about three times a year, and once you see it starting to set its flower and fruit, that's when you stop fertilising it and uh, leave it be until the fruit's finished. Is, is liquid fertiliser any help to it? Yeah, liquid fertiliser is always helpful for a plant because the absorption rate is much quicker than, uh, you know, some uh, solid or organic fertiliser. So, uh, again, if you wanted to, you probably could give it some liquid fertiliser, you know, a watering can around the, uh, the root base as well. Uh, but certainly some blood and bone is going to be safe enough to use at this time. Uh, if, uh, sorry, now I should have asked you, is the plant actually in the ground or in the pot? No, it's in the ground. It's in the ground, yeah. So you generally you'd use poultry manure uh, on, the, uh, on the citrus plant when it's in the ground, but certainly don't do that at the moment. Uh, only do that uh, you know, every quarter uh, when it's not flowering. But blood and bone is safe, is it? Yes, and some liquid fertiliser as well if you want to. Okay, thank you very much. Excellent. Good on you. Bye. Thanks, Lanny. Bye-bye. And we've got Anne now from Berkeley Vale, and she's got a question about roses. Hello. Hello, Anne. How can we help you? Um, Scott, I have a rose that my mother-in-law gave me about 10 years ago and it's grafted. Yes. Um, it's going all right, but every now and again I get growth from the bottom. Now, I've, everybody tells you cut it off, um, but my husband says I shouldn't, I should let it grow. So what would happen if I did that? Would I lose the original rose or would I get the... Your husband's wrong. And yeah, I thought yes, he was. But I'd just like to put a caveat on that, that I bet that's the only time he's ever been wrong in all the long time you've known him. That's <laughs> the lawyer coming at you there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, look, he, he, is, he is wrong, unfortunately. Uh, if you do get uh, growth coming from down below the graft or even from in actually under the root system, sometimes you've got, uh, you know, uh, sprouts, water shoots coming up, you do need yep. to try and prune those back down below the soil. Uh, if they're coming from below the uh, graft point, uh, just prune them off. And then the old trick is just to get a bit of, uh, uh, so, uh, you know, like sandpaper and just gently rub it over it so that nothing's going to come back out from that area. Oh, right. Oh, OK. Yeah. I'll do that. Well, I have been cutting them off, but he reckons I should let them grow. And I said, no, that's no. not the thing to do. No, you'll, yeah. get, you'll get what we call the briar rose coming out from that. And it's just spindly and, and pretty horrid and terrible sort of single flowers on there. You don't get the beautiful double flowers that you're looking for. Um, right. Now, the other thing is the, the, re, the plant might be doing it because it's stressed for some reason. So make sure you're feeding your plant really well and making sure it's being well watered. Yeah, well, I think, this, I think it's a bit of, in a bit of shade now. When, ah. I first, when I first planted it there, there was no shade. Now there's a bit. Now I was thinking of moving it in the winter, so could I do that? You, you certainly can. So once it's dropped all its flowers and it's dormant, get it back out into a full sun position. Uh, mm -hmm. Roses love the full sun. Uh, you'll get much less pest and disease. They're far more resilient if they're out in the full sun. Yep. 
Yeah, well, it gets a bit, but it doesn't get as much as it should. Yeah, so it really yeah. does need the full afternoon sun at least, um, you know, where it is. So if you can move it, try and, uh, you know, switch its spot. It might just enjoy the change of view as well, don't we all? Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. So where it is now at the moment, I'll just give it a good feed. Yes, and, and yeah. just make sure it's watered and uh, then wait till winter. And uh, when it's dropped all its leaves, uh, dig it out and uh, safely move it around. Okay, so I just have to feed it once, but don't I? Uh, look, with, with roses, you can fertilise them quite regularly. Uh, oh, right. You can probably give them oh. a feed now if you wanted to, and again yep. in February. All right, okay, all okay. right. Not a problem. Thanks very much. And look, and look I hope uh, that your husband's not one strike and he's out. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. I just tell him I was right. Because he, uh, he might have lasted a long time before he's made this one mistake, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yeah, that's right. We've been married, married 40 years this year. So. Okay, well, okay. he's doing pretty well then. <laughs> yeah, okay, thanks okay, a lot. Thanks, Anne. Bye bye. Bye bye. Scott, I think we've got time for one more call for the day and Julie from Bellbird's been waiting patiently and she's got a question about an avocado tree. Hey Julie, how are you going with an avocado yeah, tree up good. at Bellbird? Yeah, good, thanks Scott. Look, it's a very tall tree and it's probably in its 15th year. Yes. Um, we've never had fruit and it's been loaded with flowers. Yes. But we've lost all the flowers and we don't have any fruit. Any suggestions? Uh, look, that's really difficult uh, with a big plant like that. Uh, the only thing I would suggest to you is, uh, you know, when it is starting to load up with its flowers, uh, mm -hmm. to make sure that the plant is being really well watered at that time. So you might put a, a sprinkler on in that area, you know, just sort of trickling away for, you know, half an hour. And uh -huh. you might do that, um, you know, morning sort of a, a night just to really soak that area and have a nice deep watering for it because a plant, a plant of that size uh, only drops its flowers and fruit because it's stressed for some reason. And it is a high, uh, you know, a, a time of high stress uh, for a plant uh, when its fruit and flowers are coming on like that. So look, that's about the only thing I could recommend with a, a plant that okay. age, yeah. All right, then. Um, one other quick question. Same, say, uh, this is... Yes. We're not getting any fruit yet. Well, actually, uh, tell a lie, we had maybe two things on it last summer and they didn't amount to anything. Anything recommended for feeding? Yes, yeah, so um, I'll be. Yes. Feed? Yes, certainly. I'll be using an all-round all fertilizer on that. Uh, you can use uh, Bounce Back, uh, which Bounce is back, yeah, yep. which is a good all-round fertilizer. It'll help the fruiting and flowering and the green leafy growth of the plant as well. Now it's nice. It's got lovely, lush, big green leaves in it, but no fruit. It, can I do that now with the fertilizing? Yes, you certainly can. You certainly can okay. use that now. Yeah. Okay. And I'll be I'll be using it three to four times a year just to build that up in the plant. Thanks okay. Very much. Excellent. Thanks bye. very much for that, Julian. Thanks for waiting. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Thanks, Julie. Scott Sharp, we're almost out of time for another week. And you had so many things at the top of the show. I know. We often do this, don't we? We, we hint, we, we tease people what we're going to talk about, and then so many great callers phone up, and uh, we have to answer their questions for them, and, uh, exactly. and we, we don't get to what we're going to talk about. But well, we can just put it on hold for next week if you want to. We could. Yeah. Well, you did mention, what, do you have hedges? Yes, I was going to talk about some funny hedges that I saw around today. Let's finish on that, if they're going to be funny. Well, they're not that funny. Look, they're funny for me because <laughs> I know a bit about plants, and I think to myself, why would you put that in as a hedge? And what I saw was jasmine polyanthem, which is a climber, which goes really, really rampant. But these people had kept it in a very nice, neat hedge. It was out around Charlestown. I was quite surprised about oh. it. Yeah. Because it's a bit of a rogue plant. If uh, you didn't keep it nice and uh, nice and tight, it would just go crazy. It's a bit like plumbago. 
Uh, the, listeners, old, the, yeah. old yeah, the old plumbago. The old plumbago. Listeners know about plumbago, and it uh, it spreads through its root system and goes crazy. Okay, well, Scott, that's it. That's it. We'll uh, get back to those ones next week. Right, we'll talk about cucumbers as well and tomatoes and tomatoes. Yeah, put them in a sandwich. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Two NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business, and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.